I mean, I was told by my film professor, there are films and there are movies. And sometimes you've got to know what you're walking into. Yeah. See, but I come from a time when movies were films. As a cinephile and a host of a movie podcast, I have my fair share of experience of watching movies, and majority of the way that I watch movies is through streaming services. So I have a good sense of what is the best and the worst for streaming, what's the most consistent, and other streaming services that are kind of just there. So I thought it would be fun if I just came in here today and give you guys my ranking of the best streaming services, in my opinion, that offer the most value and the most consistency for me. This is, for the most part, going to be ranked in terms of what I use the most and find the most reliable but with any streaming service none of them are exactly perfect because of just the way contracts work and how one streaming service may have Inception one of my favorite movies of all time if Netflix had Inception it would be quickly boosted up but now it may be on Peacock or maybe on HBO Max so therefore it makes things a little bit interesting in terms of what's kind of shifting in and out each month. That's why it's just most optimal to just watch most of your films on physical media, which is what I do. But streaming is still very, very reliable and very, very maneuverable for anyone. Physical media is definitely the most optimal way to watch a movie. Just objectively speaking, it is the highest quality over streaming. But I'd be lying if I said it was just the most generous for anyone to get into. It definitely takes a lot of time and a lot of money to really build up a solid collection. But once you have it, it's definitely just the most optimal and best way to view a movie. But until then, streaming is still very good. It has its own place in society and has found its way at the top for a long time for very valid reasons. So before I dive into my main top five streaming services, I have some dishonorable mentions and some honorable mentions. Streaming services you should definitely just stay away from and some that are really good but just couldn't find a way to squeeze into my top five. With our dishonorable mentions, I have Paramount Plus, Showtime, and Stars. All three of those are really struggling to just find their footing in this world of streaming. They do have just their fair share of content that you can kind of dive into. Paramount Plus definitely had a really big workaround, but for me, it just doesn't really offer any value, and Showtime and Stars are both just kind of there. I know Showtime just got merged with Paramount Plus, so that kind of boosts up Paramount's stock for me for sure, but Stars especially just doesn't really have much going for it. There's a reason why Stars will just give you 10 months of stars for like five dollars and a bottle of soda it just doesn't really offer much value it's kind of there not a lot of great picks for my honorable picks i have hulu and peacock before the big boom of streaming hulu and netflix were really the two big dogs of streaming hulu for me is still always going to be in my heart and have a very very great place for me and with Hulu it was just really good to have that live TV aspect and also if you want to watch your favorite sitcom or favorite show it would be on Hulu the very next day so you don't have to stay up till like 11 o'clock to watch Family Guy it will be on Hulu the next morning for you. Hulu in addition to having live sports also has some really good original picks on there that you should definitely check out a lot of just really cool movies and TV shows that kind of fly under the radar Disney bought out Fox and in turn also acquired Hulu but they just haven't really done much with it and also hulu is going to be moving into disney plus very soon so it didn't really feel right to merge it into the top five but hulu for me is still a very solid streaming service which offers a lot of value for you and my other honorable mention goes to peacock a streaming service that not a lot of people know about or even have but in addition to the live sports has a pretty solid collection of films on there that is definitely worth your time to check out just recently like in the last few hours they added all of the christopher nolan films on there which is really really cool they're also going to be adding oppenheimer on there they have the holdovers from last year so they're quickly growing into 
a bigger streaming service contender. It's coming very, very slowly, but it is happening. They're putting pieces in place to really boost them up. But for now, they're just all right. Not a lot of people have them. They're working on just making better exclusive content. Also, just adding in movies straight from theaters to Peacock after about a month or two. So it has a lot of value there. But, you know, it's not there yet, but it's just slowly, slowly coming. I still would recommend Hulu and Peacock. I think both of them are definitely kind of lost in all of the noise of streaming services, but they both also just have their own set of value that you really can't get anywhere else. All right, so with all of those honorable mentions and also dishonorable mentions out of the way, I'll go ahead and dive into my top five streaming picks for me. That's what I use the most and what I think you should dive into as well. For my number five spot, I have Netflix. This is the streaming service that really started this whole thing, the genesis of streaming services, and we wouldn't be here without it. And there's a reason why people still use it. It's solid. It has what you want. Why do people go to Netflix for the binging aspect of it? But for me, they have really good exclusive movies like Okja from Bong Joon-ho, Marriage Story, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Irishman. Recently, we had Maestro, an Academy-nominated movie. And also, you have BoJack Horseman, great shows like that. Seinfeld is on there, too. You have great picks all around for this one. Netflix original content is really starting to become its own catalog and own era of film. And that's what makes it really cool. They can really make their own peak cinema. But even outside of their original movies, you have really solid and consistent picks for TV shows and also films. Suits was one of the biggest shows of last year just because of Netflix. And also just, I mean, great picks like Call Me By Your Name. La La Land was on there for a pretty long time. It got removed yesterday. But, you know, outside of that, I can go to Netflix and really consistently find solid movies. Last night, I watched The Nice Guys over there on Netflix, and I don't regret it whatsoever. Now, Netflix is great. It has a lot of just consistency and high-quality streaming service qualities, but... For me, there are a little bit of cons. Number one, it's really a mixing pot of movies and they don't specialize in exactly one thing. What I mean by that is you have your Disney Plus, you have your Peacock, and you have your Paramount Plus. Those are specific to certain studios. Netflix is just Netflix. Yeah, they have their own exclusive films, but not all of them are that good and you kind of have to just play the lottery whenever you go on Netflix to hopefully find your movie that you or your show that you want to watch. Now, there was a time where Netflix was the only thing and what we had was Netflix and Hulu and that was it. But, you know, now that there's more, there's more variety. It's starting to just kind of, for me, bring Netflix down in terms of its reliability and its utility. It's almost like having a massive buffet with tacos and burritos and then you have spaghetti and then pizza and then hamburgers and hot dogs. It's like, yeah, sure, they have a lot of just everything, but they're not specializing in just those tacos and those quesadillas. They have, you know, just over there, they have just some egg rolls for some reason, and they're kind of okay egg rolls, not exactly incredible egg rolls. Also, for another con, their original content is really good, like I mentioned before, but they have a lot of just really garbage films and really garbage TV shows to the point where their reputation is starting to become having just bad and terrible original content. I watched a film on Netflix last month, an original Netflix movie, A Romance, and I had really high hopes for it because the two main actors were two actors that I really loved, but it turned out to be one of the most laughably, just horrible, poorly executed, terribly written screenplays I've ever seen in my entire life that it's almost impressive. I think that your identity of having terrible original movies and shows isn't a good thing whatsoever, but people are still eating it up like no one's watching, so it is what it is, whatever floats your boat. And another thing for me 
This may be just a user-specific problem in my case, but Netflix on my TV consistently crashes. I almost hold my breath anytime I go onto Netflix because I know it's going to crash on me for absolutely no reason. It gets really annoying. Like, I want to put it higher. I want to watch more movies on Netflix, but it just crashes for me. I don't know why. I, I try to uninstall different applications and just kind of free up more space and storage and RAM for my TV, but it's just not working. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a Roku TV-specific thing. But until then, it's just kind of just going to be down there for me at number five. I want it to go higher, but, you know, it is what it is. So Netflix falls into our number five spot. For number four, I have Prime Video, a streaming service that's been out for a pretty long time, but people kind of just forgot that it even existed until kind of recently. Now, what defines Prime Video? I don't really know. It's just known as the streaming service for Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you also have Prime Video, so that's kind of like the accessory added in there. It's kind of just, you know, kind of there for you. Why do I go to Amazon Prime? One, for Thursday Night Football. The NFL season is sadly coming to an end, but I can always go to Amazon Prime on Thursday nights for a high-quality streaming of the football games. One of my favorite films of all time, Manchester by the Sea, is on Amazon Prime as well. Amazon Prime exclusive. And also you have Invincible and The Boys. The peak of the comic book subgenre right now are these two shows on Amazon Prime. And also Gen Z. Forgot to add that in there. Also really good. The Big Sick, another great original film on Amazon Prime. Overall, some pretty solid originals over there on Amazon Prime. Besides Lord of the Rings. Haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, it wasn't pushing for me. Also, they bought... The rights to James Bond, they have, I think, only the Daniel Craig movies on there right now. So it's kind of weird. Uh, Paramount has also, I think, the other half, like the back half of the James Bond movies. And Prime Video has the newer ones. So it's kind of weird how that's being distributed right now. But if you want to watch James Bond, I think eventually they'll probably have everything. But for now, you have some of the James Bond films on there. But outside of that, you have, again, just consistent picks for me. They have some DC stuff on there as of this recording and also just some other just solid films and solid TV shows. I can go on Amazon Prime and just find, you know, newer stuff to watch that I just really needed to watch but didn't have anywhere to watch them. So, you know, it's kind of cool. Also, just the, you know, feature to just add a streaming service just kind of built into Amazon Prime. I can have Amazon Prime. But I can also add in HBO Max or Disney Plus on there as well or Paramount Plus all in one application. It makes it really cool. I don't have to just go everywhere and anywhere to find this streaming service. This streaming service, it's all on Amazon Prime, which is really cool in just terms of just quality of life. But I think outside of that, there's not really too much with Amazon Prime Video. It's really, I think, struggling to find its own identity. I think it has to just work on being the best Amazon Prime Video it can be. For now, it's just known as the, you know, addition for Amazon Prime, not Amazon Prime Video, just kind of an accessory, which just isn't really how it should be set up. Some of the cons for me, once again, like I said, just its identity, it's kind of just a mixing pot of movies on there. So, you know, you're going to have, you know, one month, you're going to have everything you want to watch the next month. Not really. So it's kind of just a mixing pot of those tacos, burritos, and then pizza, not really specializing in anything whatsoever, but that's kind of what can make it a little cool at the end of the day. In addition to that, it's kind of just there. doesn't offer much for me. The UI is, it was worse than what it is now, but the UI is still just a little bit just really frustrating for me to dive into. And it just kind of just makes my head hurt. I don't know where anything really is and I want to watch something, but it just may never show it to me. Also, this just happened really recently before this was even written, but they added ads to the streaming service, which I haven't tested out. It may only be in the beginning of movies and shows, but 
that could really be a kind of big negative for this streaming service. Having to pay additional for ads is just something that's, you know, I know it's just kind of an effect of the strikes and having to pay writers and actors more. But, you know, it's just kind of making streaming services less and less appealing. But, you know, it's only an extra like $3 for, you know, no ads, and maybe higher quality. So it's probably better just bite the bullet and go ahead and get that extra ad plan. But for me, Prime Video, it's cool. I'm, you're good. I'm waiting for you to be great. That's all you are to Prime Video. Just kind of come back to me in a couple years when you kind of figure things out. But for now, you're number four. So Amazon Prime was our number four. For our number three, I have Disney Plus. What makes Disney Plus Disney Plus? The fact that Disney is the biggest studio in the world. Why do I go to Disney Plus? I go there for Star Wars content, Marvel, Pixar slash Disney, Fox, and also they're just incredible Disney Channel shows and Disney Channel movies. They're absolutely just really good. Not good, but just good to me. They have a place in my heart. All of those, you know, Austin and Alley, High School Musical, Kick Patowski, anything on Disney XD, you know, Phineas and Ferb, it's all there for me. There's nowhere else to watch, you know, all the Star Wars movies, all the MCU movies, you know, Pixar and Disney content. There's nowhere else I can watch all of those in 4K HDR besides Disney Plus, which makes them just have so much value to them. It's one of the only streaming services that I actually pay for, and it's such a necessity for me because of just the utility and the value that it brings for me as a movie enjoyer. I remember when it first launched, I was so happy the fact that Disney was doing a streaming service because of just how much they have to offer to the user. In terms of just their uh, older content and just some of their newer content being added in, there's so much value to you that it just really pays for itself if you use it enough. Now, for Disney Plus's cons for me, it's kind of weird because it's more of a broader issue with just all of Hollywood, not just Disney. It's not looking too great right now in terms of just films, and we recently came off the actors and writers strike, but just quality of Disney movies and just Hollywood movies is just they're not, quote unquote, making them good anymore as they used to be. So Disney and Disney Plus, it's kind of just taking a lot of that consequence from the current state of Hollywood. It's kind of sad because it's not entirely Disney's fault. There's other studios and other streaming services that just kind of contribute to the way that Hollywood's looking right now. But it's just weird because of just how much content Disney has right now with all the Marvel stuff, Star Wars and Pixar. It kind of just feels hollow when I open up Disney Plus. Like there's nothing for me to watch, even though there's thousands of hours of just incredible, beautiful content and art on this streaming service. Like, I'm a big fan of Marvel. I grew up with Marvel. I wouldn't be here without the MCU. I haven't watched a Marvel movie since, I mean, last month I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Besides that, I haven't revisited any of the old Infinity Saga content. I really want to. I was going to do a series on the podcast, but I was just thinking no one cares about the current state of Star Wars or Marvel to the point where, I mean, it's just kind of... <laughs> is me shooting myself in the foot by me covering these IPs. In addition to that, their OG content outside of The Mandalorian and outside of your Andor and Loki, for the most part, their original content on Disney Plus is really hot garbage. I know there's going to be outliers, like Percy Jackson is doing really good right now, and also Clone Wars, the final season, was also on there. But who's really watching Bad Batch? 
The word bad is in the title for a reason. I haven't watched in season one. That show is 90% filler. I love Dave Filoni, but he's just not really killing it right now. And also just a bunch of those, you know, random Discovery original movies and TV shows. It's not really there. It's more misses than actual hits for Disney Plus right now. The hits are really big, but for the most part, it's not really hidden on Disney Plus original content. And that feels a little weird to say because the same studio who has access to Star Wars, the biggest IP in the world, and also Marvel and Pixar and Fox and also all those just old legacy Disney Channel content and they don't have good original content on their streaming service, that just doesn't seem possible to me. It just feels like Disney isn't doing a good job right now at being Disney. They're not doing as much as they can in terms of just being Disney. They shouldn't be in a rebuilding phase. They should be in their golden era. They're just real prime right now and just really should be blowing every other studio out of the water right now. But Somehow they're just not hitting right now, which is just really sad to say. I know that Bob Iger left and came back, but there's just a lot more going on internally at Disney that should definitely be addressed because they should be doing better. But hey, still love Disney, always going to love them. I have their streaming service and I pay for it out of my own pocket for a reason. So for now, you're my number three. You're good, waiting for you to be perfect like you should be. So Disney Plus snuck into our number three spot, rightfully so. Pretty good, but not great. But for number two, number one, this is where we start getting into the top tier, absolutely perfect streaming services for me. And for number two, I have the Criterion channel. The Criterion channel, I think, is doing things just at a better level than any other streaming service or company can even fathom of doing things at right now. What makes the Criterion channel for me so good is that they understand the importance of classic and contemporary films and they release them in the highest quality in addition to having just really cool bonus content on there they mainly focus on you know older films but they also focus on newer stuff as well if you ever seen one of those letterbox celebrities giving their you know top four films of all time there's most likely movies on there that you've never heard of before like you know something from the french new wave or just you know classic south korean or japanese film and it's all going to be on the criterion channel this is all of your fine dining art house stuff for you know cinephiles and film bros snobs like myself it's really just the fine dining of film and just chef kiss perfection, cinema at its finest. It's really just a lot of those older, cooler, classic stuff that, you know, the algorithm won't really recommend to you. It's really good for exploring more film and just kind of trying to build your just knowledge and just your literacy of film and growing your palate with cinema. And that's just exactly what the Criterion Channel gives to you. There's a lot of good streaming services, but they probably just won't recommend to you a film like, you know, The 400 Blows or Seven Samurai if it was even on them because they want you to watch, you know, Tall Girl or Stranger Things instead of just really more optimal and better films like these. Recently, I've been trying to just tap into as much of these films as I can, but specifically the French New Wave. That's just really, I think, the best era of film ever. It's never going to be top. That's just when... All of the just best movies were coming out and really a lot of movies today were really affected by everything that happened in the French New Wave and you should definitely check it out for that reason as well. But I'm going to give you some recommendations. There's a good chance you've never seen really anything on the Criterion channel. Well, there's going to be some that you've probably seen, but for the most part, there's going to be some films that you've never really heard of before. So I'm going to give you just some perspective and some recommendation for movies that you'll love and that will be on here. So just as an example, if you love La La Land, then go onto the Criterion channel and watch The Umbrellas of Schaberg, which is really 
may be the best movie from the French New Wave, in my opinion. Also, you have Hiroshima Mon Amour. If you're still on a little bit of an Oppenheimer trip, this movie just follows two lovers who are falling in love in the aftermath of Hiroshima. It's a mix between a documentary and also just a fiction film, which is really, really cool in its storytelling. And also the Before Trilogy also included with the Criterion Collection. Not sure if it's going to be on Criterion Channel, but it may be on Mubi if you've never been on there before. Maybe on there too. Mubi is also really similar to the Criterion Channel, but I don't think it's as big as them. But yeah, if you love La La Land and you really want some better romance movies that you've just never really heard of before, The Umbrellas of Schaberg, Hiroshima Mon Amour, and also The Before Trilogy from Richard Linklater is really, really good. But let's say you're just more of a film bro like me and how I was growing up. I only watched the MCU and Avengers movies. Well, there's something here for you too. Go ahead and dive into Seven Samurai from Akira Kurosawa. That's really Avengers before Avengers. Seven Samurai is really cool because it also kind of affected cinema as a whole. You had Seven Samurai, then you have The Magnificent Seven, which is a American remake of that movie. Then after that, you had Bugs Life, which is really Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven kind of just animated. And then you have Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron Infinity War that also just pulled inspiration from really everything before it, which is really cool seeing the ripple effects of film. And the genesis of all those ripple effects are on the Criterion channel. And in addition to Seven Samurai, if you're still on kind of like a, you know, Avengers level movie and you really loved the Seven Samurai and Samurai aspect of the film, then dive into Throne of Blood, also from Akira Kurosawa. It may be better than Seven Samurai, in my opinion. It's an adaptation of Tragedy of Macbeth set in feudal Japan. And if you think that sounds cool, a movie being set in feudal Japan and also being adapted from a Shakespeare novel, then you'd be absolutely right because... This movie is just epic on every single front, and it's definitely horrifying and beautiful and just everything. I'm not going to try to spoil too much else. Go and watch that movie, please. So if you just only just kind of watch MCU stuff, I recommend Seven Samurai and Throne of Blood. Akira Kurosawa just in general, if you happen to dive in there. Akira Kurosawa and Ozu, two of the best directors ever who are just non-American. I feel like Wes Anderson is always trending. So if you like Wes Anderson movies, it's really simple. Dive into Good Morning from Ozu. It's definitely very clear and apparent that Wes Anderson pulled a lot of inspiration from Yasujiro Ozu. And Good Morning is the only film I've watched from him. But it's just really, really good. Very aesthetically pleasing. And a very fun and weird plot of kids who want to buy a TV to watch sumo wrestling. And they fart throughout a very large chunk of the film. It's riveting. So like Wes Anderson, watch Good Morning from Yasujiro Ozu. It's perfect. And if you're into more coming-of-age films, I recommend The Graduate and also The 400 Blows. The Graduate is really a, you know, Hollywood classic starring Dustin Hoffman when he was really younger. And it really just has aged like fine wine and still remains relevant. Still technically looks great with the cinematography and lighting. Hasn't really aged too bad at all. And The 400 Blows is really the most popular film for the French New Wave. And it's one of the best coming-of-age stories ever made. So that wraps up this segment. The Criterion Channel and Mubi are really two of the same. But Criterion Channel, if you happen to dive into anything else after this, go ahead and pick up just like, I think it's like a one-month free trial for the Criterion Channel. You won't be disappointed at all. You can dive into just some good westerns on there, some good French movies, Korean, Japanese movies, some good German films, classic Hollywood stuff. There's a lot of really cool film on the Criterion Channel. 
I forgot to mention as well, but I really recently found one of my favorite action movies of all time, Stagecoach from John Ford. If you've seen it before, you know how good it is. If you haven't, it's so good. It's so fun. So much great themes and characters and also just edge of your seat action. Stagecoach, John Ford, if you happen to go on there and it's still on there, dive into it. If you go on there and just are really overwhelmed, that should be just a sense of excitement to dive into a ton of great, awesome, contemporary and classic movies on the Criterion channel. So go and check that out. Criterion channel at number two, it really should be number one, but number one is just everything that I want it to be. So for my number one, the personal, I think, just best streaming service doing it right now is HBO Max. What are they good at? Absolutely everything. I think just HBO Max, just because of how much content they have, is just really, really worth it. And the price is expensive, but just for what you're getting, if you watch the streaming service enough, it definitely pays for itself. And it's definitely worth the amount of money and time you put into it. Different reasons why you should definitely hop into HBO Max. The show's... All the HBO shows are some of the best of all time. You have Game of Thrones outside of the last season are really good. The Wire, Sopranos, really good shows. Also, just some current really big shows. Well, Succession ended, but Succession is on there too for HBO shows. Also, House of the Dragon comes up this summer. Absolutely hyped for that. The Last of Us is going to start filming in the summer. So another great show that's on HBO Max you should definitely check into. And a ton of other original HBO stuff. Really the premium TV content of HBO is just really doing things different. HBO has done a great job of just building up their brand for having these great premium TV shows. You know, you have Westworld, Sopranos, Game of Thrones. That run they had of just great TV shows should be studied because of just how good it was. But even if you don't want to tap into the HBO shows, perfectly fine. You have Cartoon Network. That's my childhood. A ton of just incredible peak TV shows and cartoons on there like Clarence, Regular Show, Amazing World of Gumball, Steven Universe. I can go on forever. Cartoon Network, little to no misses on their front. They kind of fell off. But for me, the prime of Cartoon Network is really the prime of all cartoons. And I'll love it forever. But let's say you don't want to dive into HBO or Cartoon Network. You have just Warner Brothers. The brand of Warner Brothers being the best studio ever to do it is all on here. They have access to DC content as well. So you have the Nolan Batman trilogy, Man of Steel, which I personally love. A lot of people hate. I love it. Batman vs. Superman and also Zack Snyder Justice League and the Justice is Grey version in black and white. Absolutely incredible and beautiful. DC has definitely had their struggles of just getting their feet off the ground with the universe. But from what you look at in the past, a lot of those older DC stuff and just more modern DC stuff is better than the majority of MCU content. You should definitely check all of those out as well. But even outside of DC, you have a lot of just really Really good movies from Warner Brothers. I could be here all day talking about the Warner Brothers brand of their movies. It's so good. Mad Max Fury Road, Stanley Kubrick 2001 A Space Odyssey, the best sci-fi film ever made. It's on here as well. And many, many more. I could be here forever talking about Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, it's peak for a reason. You already know why it's happened to that. But let's say for some reason you don't want to watch HBO or Cartoon Network or DC or the best studio ever to do it, Warner Brothers. You have access to now Discovery content as well which gives you food network you can watch bobby filet or triple g diving into you know grocery games and diner drivings and dives a really 
solid collection of Food Network stuff. And you definitely love HGTV when you tap into it enough, tap into Flipper Flop enough or House Hunters enough. It's really going to be your comfort network, which is definitely what you'd want with HGTV or Food Network. But once again, let's just say for some reason you don't want to dive into the HBO, the Cartoon Network, also Adult Swim merged in there as well, or the Warner Brothers or the DC or the Discovery with Food Network and HGTV. You have access to all of those great films I just said before with Criterion. There's some just, you know, really good Criterion films kind of sprinkled in here as well, which offers you a lot of high quality old cinema. They don't recommend it to you that much, but if you take the time to really look into, you know, all those older Criterion stuff in HBO Max, you'll find some absolute bangers on there. So it's not perfect. It does offer a lot of, you know, really good content. But for me, what makes HBO Max not too great, you know, it's kind of something with everything. They kind of cycle out all of their content to other streaming services and really push some things away. So, you know, they don't really always have what you want to watch on here. But there's always something for you to watch on HBO Max. The other thing is their originals. I feel like a lot of original content besides Netflix, as much as I just trash Netflix, their original content on Netflix can be really, really good on hbo max there's not a lot of like hbo max or sorry just max original content that's really hitting right now and i don't really see a lot of just oh original max movie and original max shows being really big they're kind of usually just not hidden for a lot of people the last max original show that i watched was young justice the final season of that show that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up and they just absolutely destroyed it i don't even want to talk about it but you know for the most part hbo max original stuff not there pretty sad. And the last con for HBO Max is its price. It's either the one of just the most expensive services or just the most expensive service right now. Once again, you're getting what you pay for, but the price can really add up when just added to your other expenses. So maybe it's just better like what I'm doing. I don't have HBO Max right now. I'm just waiting for House of the Dragon and The Last of Us to come back and then I'll just tap right back into it. But, you know, for the price, you're getting what you pay for and it really does pay for itself. But, you know, you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Kind of just a you question. But, you know, it does have the content to make that price make sense. But that being said, it does have the content to make the price worth it. But right now I'm paying for Disney Plus and the Criterion channel. I think both of those combined may be equal to HBO Max or just a little bit more than HBO Max. So that's just, you know, just a little bit of perspective. It is expensive, but you know, you got to ask yourself, is that really worth it? That's up to you. All right. Well, that wraps up my list. Let me know what's your number one favorite streaming service for me. It's probably so does Criterion, but Max is just, I think, better than Criterion right now. But you know, let me know what your favorite is. If it's Netflix, get out of my face. Keep notifications on to find out when we post next so you'll be in the loop there. Follow us on all of our socials linked down below. Watch more movies. Stay swagged out. Stay cool. I'm Hill Slogan, and I'll see you in the movies. Shine.